0: Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Yesterday, Cliff Sora
1: shared a top 10 list of hot fusion restaurants, a vegan gluten-free mashup recipe, and a
2: podcast featuring organic food trends. Oh, T-M-I-I, too much internet information, that's oversharing. Cliff, Geico has something worth sharing with your friends. Like how on Geico.com you could save hundreds on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim. Gluten-free info that's easy to swallow. Mm. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire fantasy football podcast brought to you by draftkings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Friday, October 2nd, 2015, week 4 of the NFL season. This podcast is available on both iTunes and Stitcher. We'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to leave us a nice review. Week four millionaire maker big part of our conversation here as it is every single Friday Raven Steelers yes. recap. You, you seem you seem really excited about the millionaire for the millionaire maker, million this maker this man. Basically, it's the thing I look forward to the most in my week.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean million dollars the big million. I'm going for it every every week with the stupidest most like infantile lack of awareness of how little chance I actually stand, but. Uh, hopefully we, I can at least teach
1: the listeners how to not be me and thus rise to the top. I think given the amount of time we spend thinking about the prices and, and looking at the players from all these different angles and just seeing injury reports, the flying by all week, or just the, the amount of information we just accumulate even accidentally. Gives us probably like a 1 in 100 chance of winning the Millie Maker in any given week, even though there are like 500,000 entries. 1 yeah. in 100, yeah, no. but 1, 1% chance of winning.
2: Not 1%, it's
1: one like 1% chance 1% of winning. 1% of 1% no one percent a flat <laughs> one okay. percent i love it i love the million as long
2: maker. as i have woodhead in
1: my lineup i'll concede that i'll have a better chance than one so. percent we are wondering if danny woodhead would ever be a guest on the podcast so if uh, any of the chargers like pr people are listening uh, this is our formal request to interview danny woodhead at some point during the season perhaps during the bye week if, i don't uh, really want to do that because that might raise his salary a bit and I, I like to go cheap on that second running back but i would love to talk to him he, he seems visionary yeah, I mean, he's he's probably an interesting guy. A lot of injury talk to get to. The Ravens-Steelers game last night was the tire fire of all tire fires. I mean, that game was absolutely horrendous. Of course, we're going to talk about that. We'll kick things off with that just to get it out of the way. Uh, Ravens 23-20 winners in this one because the Steelers just didn't want to win. Uh, some of the play design from Todd Haley and the play calling from Todd Haley was awful. you got to blame Mike Tomlin. He had a headset on, not pulling the Brady Hoke, could have could have probably trumped some of those calls could have done something to change it games on the line fourth and short situations of course you want line to line a tackle up out wide and roll michael vick out to the short side of the field you don't want to maybe hand off to Le'Veon bell well they'd be expecting that though because it makes a lot of sense right it's the obvious thing but he's averaging 5.9 yards per carry but i would assume to be predominantly obvious running situations yeah but if you can do something that doesn't make as much sense you got to do it. Any chance you get to put a tackle out wide, you have to take that. You can't leave those opportunities out on the table. Le'Veon Bell finished 129 yards in the ground, 22 carries, 5.9 yards per attempt, a long of 22, did get in the end zone in this one. Antonio Brown just five catches for 42 yards on nine targets. Vic missed him on a fourth and one throw that would have also put the Steelers in a pretty good position to go down and win this game. Darius hayward Bay caught the lone TD through the air. Four catches for 31 yards. Barely caught it, but pulled that in on a total of five targets. Vic finishes 19 of 26 for 124 yards in the touchdown. Didn't throw any picks, but threw a lot of balls just so far away from everybody that a pick wasn't really a possibility. Uh, he was sacked four times, which it's about right. He drops back 26 times. gets sacked four times. He's uh, in terms of NFL quarterbacks, at the bottom of the scale in terms of pocket awareness, just seems to lock in on receivers. Doesn't set his feet properly. Just doesn't seem like he's really changed that much as he's been in the league for like ten years. I'm not convinced
2: Michael Vick could handle like a flag football recreational level league pass rush at this point. Like he just, it just seems so blissfully unaware of the danger that's behind his, you know, very fragile, uh torso at all times he's like, he's like not only so close to getting hit all the times it's just like you can see like the pain from a mile away too and he never does and it's it's pretty sad uh but yeah hopefully they just go to like a d'angelo williams Lavian bell combined
1: 80 carry kind of thing from now on Might be a good way to go here for the next four to six weeks while we wait for the return of Ben Roethlisberger. On the Ravens' side, Steve Smith got hurt late in this game. He was targeted seven times, caught four balls for 24 yards. It was the Kamar Aiken show for the most part in the fourth quarter and in overtime, five catches, 77 yards, and a TD on seven targets. So right now it seems like if Steve Smith is going to miss some time, Aiken is maybe the only useful Ravens receiver, and that's probably a pretty big stretch. Herrmann's still out, I think. Didn't he have a, just like a new procedure done? He had a knee scope done. I think they Ugh. said yesterday too, yeah. so I imagine it could be another week or Michael so. Michael Campanaro, maybe, maybe slot receiver. No, no yeah. Campanaro for me. They got Darren Waller involved. He was targeted twice. Oh, had, it was. We had Waller, Darren Waller Waller's signing. my guy. I, I love. Waller. I got excited. But I saw. I, I thought looks like Vincent Jackson. Right. Time so to get fast. him everywhere. He's big and fast, and I mean. After I think Steve that's Smith all you went need. Out,
2: I think that's all you need. You don't Just have to be able to run the routes. Throw it at the big fast guy, and he can
1: usually be taller and faster than other people. He should be tall. I mean, he is taller than everybody on the defense. Yeah, it doesn't like doesn't change. Ends, it doesn't change. Faster than probably the entire defense. Justin Forsett had a good game. Twenty-seven carries for one hundred and fifty yards. But I got to ask you about this on a night where the Ravens, once Steve Smith left this game and without Crockett Gilmore, were they were scrambling. Just scrambling for pass catching options. How does Justin Forsett only get one target? Like what is Mark Tressman thinking by not even trying to dump it down to Justin Forsett?
2: I would imagine they kind of tried to, but just failed to get it done because he he did have, what, uh twelve catches in the first three games. So uh I would I would not worry about his pass catching volume. I would probably try to sell high on Forsett if I owned him because I don't anticipate another 27-carry game, let alone another 150 yards on the ground kind of game. Or necessarily a game where he averages more than 4.5 yards per carry. So lots of reasons to try to
1: sell that one i think yeah i'm with the on set. if you can get anything close to what you paid for him at your draft or your auction this would be the time to go ahead and cash that in one last thought on the steelers offense in this one antonio brown did drop what would have been like a 30 yard td catch so he's bad that does skew the numbers a little bit but his value certainly down i mean do you see him right now as a guy that falls maybe outside the top 10 among wide receivers or is he still in that group because on the short week, especially, I think it makes things a lot more difficult for a backup quarterback to get up to speed with the first team offense. Like Vic is not good, but I don't think he's going to be quite this bad most weeks. I don't know that I think he'll get any better. I, I it,
2: it's obvious it's obviously like Russ could be a factor with him because he's basically been on the shelf forever since last year when he was, you know, not doing a whole lot either. But he just it seems like he's he's had just horrible pocket presence his whole career horrible ability to read a defense but his ability to get coverages out of alignment by breaking the pocket or at least posing the threat to break the pocket it isn't there like it seems like he can't run either so i think we're just seeing a guy who cannot throw with no second you know option to kind of change the terms of the game a little bit so he's just forced into this thing he cannot do uh, i don't know what that means for brown specifically i I'm not confident though because if Vic does have one good trait, it'd probably be like throwing the ball deep, and Brown doesn't really do that—at least not like truly deep. Like he's more of like an intermediate short route guy. So I think he'll finish top
1: ten just because he'll be so good when Roethlisberger gets back. But I don't think he'll be top ten while Vic is starting. Yeah, Martavis Bryant ends his four-game suspension this week, so coming back here in week five it'll be a Monday night game against the Chargers. We should see Bryant. I would imagine, on the field a bit more than we did throughout the end of last season. Even with those limited snaps he was playing last year, a very effective player just because of what he was doing on a per-catch and even per-target basis. Let's take a look at a few injury items here as we move through the Friday Injury Report news. Jay Cutler actually listed as questionable with that hamstring injury. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey also listed as questionable for the Bears for their game against the Raiders, although I don't think... I'd be surprised if both of them play. I'd be shocked if both played It seems like Jeffrey is actually on the more doubtful side of questionable. But Cutler was able to practice in a limited capacity for three days this week, so maybe there's a chance he gets in if he comes back from that hamstring injury. Is he a low end quarterback option? You think about throwing in there against that Oakland defense?
2: I don't think so. I I don't know first what to make of any of the Bears injury reports at this point, so if i were ever to consider cutler it'd probably need to be when jeffrey is for sure in which i guess we have no reason to think that'll happen uh even even with jeffrey though i mean the bears offense is just it just seems a bit wrong and uh cutler's not that great probably i think the raiders i don't know like khalil Mack's scary right i don't i don't want jay cutler trying to go against khalil Mack. so all it takes is like one little flimsy reason to go off of
1: cutler and i will every time but i, I want the gif of khalil mack chasing down jay cutler while cigs just like are are falling, falling out, out of, of his of, pants of, yes that's exactly that's exactly what i want or there's or, not
2: enough stuff falling out of players pants in general like ever since nate newton lost that snickers bar or whatever nobody's <laughs> l- dropping things out of their pants when they get tackled anymore that's a horrible place to keep a snickers bar yeah i think it was just like ruined like i don't think he knew it was there Um, (laughs)
1: somebody snuck it in there like no i think
2: i think i think think it's just one of those things it's like you know i'll have this this candy bar later uh don't notice that you kind of like stuck it in your pocket or whatever put it on your game game all of a sudden (laughs) yeah i mean that because you'll definitely remember you'll definitely remember like before the game like oh right there's there's a peanut butter bar right here or whatever yeah, pregame the, snickers bar there, anyway there no one else does that it was just like joe horn that one
1: time he had the the sharpie or whatever he had the cell phone oh terrell owens in. had, the, the, sh- had ah. the sharpie in his sock but joe horn's cell phone placement that was pretty great that was kind of risky and dangerous right like he could have had that smashed in like lots of shards of Scary battery materials. It was under no. It was under the pad oh, on the uprights. Okay. He didn't have. I thought it he had like on his pocket. No, or so he he must have tucked a cell phone <laughs> in each set of uprights under that pad that's in there. Because when he when he knew when he was going to score, I, he was going to go right for the. I phone. hope he actually called something, and it was actually a functioning phone rather than just a decorative one. I, I hope he called the president. That that would have been the most appropriate thing to do. Take a look at a couple of injury items here for the Bills. Both Sammy Watkins and LaShawn McCoy ruled out. Going to see a lot of Carlos Williams. Not a big surprise that McCoy is out, but Sammy Watkins really didn't uh, move through any sort of progression in practice this week. He's got a calf injury right now. Value is extremely low. It's been a disappointing start to the season for Watkins. In a season-long context, are you going after him via trade right now, with the hope that you know maybe even in the second half of this season, even if he's not good for the next couple of weeks, that maybe we start to get the player we were expecting on draft day at some point. I don't know what I was
2: expecting from him in that offense anyway it wasn't much so given the injury risk I'm not sure that I see much of the upside potential there and going for him. I do have to say though I, I very much resent the Bills for what they've done to Sammy Watkins because uh, not that that it's not their fault that he's had these durability issues but his productivity is a very predictable outcome like that team just isn't it wasn't in a position to capitalize on whatever it was that Watkins theoretically offered so the trade was stupid i, I would i would just kill to see him in an offense with like Rodgers somebody somebody who creates after the catch opportunities for their quarterbacks cuz Watkins is so talented but i don't know that
1: we'll ever see it in buffalo Moving on to the Colts and Andrew Luck. Uh, Apparently, Luck was nowhere to be seen when the Colts practice opened up on Friday. He is questionable to play in this game on Sunday, and you've got Matt Hasselbeck taking first-team reps throughout this week. Luck really isn't able to throw right now, and this injury seems to have come out of relative nowhere, if only because... It didn't seem as though he'd suffered any sort of ailment during the game against the Titans. I mean, is this really like a situation that you have to be concerned about if you're a Luck owner, if you're a T.Y. Hilton owner, or if you're even a Dante Moncrief owner? well this does
2: kind of seem like uh the pitcher going on dl the night of getting rocked right like it it seems like it might have might have explained why his numbers have been so bad at least against the titans i mean the first two games i wasn't expecting him to do well against buffalo or the jets but the titans you can't do anything against them um yeah maybe maybe something was wrong with him in that before that game uh don't know where it would have occurred in the game if not but the whole the whole the whole team seems like a mess right now. It seems like it, it seems also like it's one of those things that could implode at any moment because the coach seems to be on bad terms with management, and management sucks. Man, uh, management's on bad terms with ownership. So management's like everybody's
1: gonna get fired. Yeah,
2: like management's having trouble, uh, you know, coping with the clearly inadequate skill level they have for their jobs. So I d- yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody's particularly happy there finding a solution probably takes a little bit of group work functional group work and who knows what's going to go on there luck's talented enough that if he's healthy you know you're getting get your fantasy numbers out of him but as far as like what could have been this year that that's quickly
1: fading it seems Doug Martin back at practice on Friday for the Bucks. Uh, he suffered an injury in Wednesday's practice and did not do anything on Thursday, but that he was back on Friday. A really encouraging sign as he tries to get back on the field for Sunday's game against Carolina. No Deshaun Jackson for Washington this week, uh, going up against his old team in the Eagles. Maybe a chance he returns in week five, but according to head coach Jay Gruden, it's uh, probably too early to even assess that in a realistic sort of way. Fred, uh, I should say Victor Cruz had a platelet rich plasma injection Thursday in an effort to help his injured calf. Uh, he's probably still a few weeks away from returning, so more Reuben Randall likely this week, which that's what we all want. We want more Reuben Randall. I don't trust Reuben Randall he's at bad. all. Even he's after bad. a good game against Washington in week 3, I don't Not I don't good. want shares of him in season long or in a daily context a uh, quick idp item luke Keekley not practicing friday i believe he has been officially ruled out as a result of his concussion so no luke Keekley again here in week four uh, one last item that i just saw scroll by as well jordan cameron is officially questionable to play in sunday's game against the jets in london okay <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> this is uh
2: thrilled for london i like i like the idea of london you're pro london pro london certainly
1: more pro london than i am pro joe philbin um yeah london or miami versus, versus I guess. joe philbin I, I like london more than miami as well i mean miami's okay like it's it's just not my scene i'm t- i'm not built for anything but the north basically
2: i would sweat to death down there People would think I look just like a loser guy because of how much I'm sweating. Like just no sweating through your clothes every day. No chance. I would. I. Would, everybody would just mistake me for some kind of like one of those people who picks up cigarettes on the sidewalk. <laughs> those people. What? Who are those people? Uh, people who are who really want to smoke but can't buy cigarettes, so they pick up the butts of cigarettes like next to
1: bars and stuff. I didn't know smoke that them. that was a thing. That smoke the the filter. Wow. Well, that's that is depressing you can see it in madison i'll have to uh keep you know i'm not out at bar time as much oh no it's it's all, all, all hours day. of the day you can't even see them at dark so it's more likely they do it in the. you know wow that is that is one of the saddest things I think I've ever heard. Capitalism rules, man. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 4, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. It's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time Of course, there's a bunch of injuries that we haven't discussed yet that are going to probably factor into our lineup construction conversation here. We're going to start at the quarterback position where we are each and every week. Of course, Drew Brees seems like he's trending in the right direction, maybe even has a better chance of playing than Andrew Luck as we record this here early on Friday afternoon. But I don't think you can go anywhere near Luck or Brees this week, even if they're active because you're worried about the quality of their arm strength right now, their ability to actually air it out at their previous levels so both of those guys for me are off the board i mean you got aaron Rodgers at 7900 on the road against san francisco a completely different version of the san francisco team that's gotten the better of the packers really for the last four years now
2: yeah i don't know how to expect green bay to approach this if they were petty like i am i would go in you know belichick brady 18 and oak type spirit like i, I would try to break the spirit of the 49ers and all their fans and try to score like 50 more points than they do but i don't think mike mccarthy is that um you know lowly so yeah i don't think he's i don't think he sucks that much so i think they're probably gonna you know go with a lot of lacy if he's feeling better because why i mean really why why have rogers throw too much The, the 49ers are bad they should be able to take that game so i i would i would guess rogers is as always like super super efficient but i guess i can't expect them to go kind of high volume high aggression like they did against kansas city uh could totally happen because rogers is just the best ever but i i think i like a little, a few of the lower priced options a little bit more um, but yeah, if, as far as like Breeze and Luck, like those
1: prices are just non-starter. And even, even if he's healthy, I still don't want Breeze unless he's like 6500 or something. Peyton Manning, 7200 home against the Vikings. Vikings defense looking a little better the last two weeks. Not crazy about Manning at this point because I think you have a pretty limited quarterback there. But the, the issue with the Broncos is that they can't run the ball very well. And Minnesota has been good against the run so far this year, once you get past that Carlos Hyde explosion in week one, that like they've really bottled up opposing backs each of the last two games, and that's kind of what we expected coming into the year. Uh, any reason to consider Manning, or do you drop down a bit further? I mean, Russell Wilson at 7,100, Eli at 7, even, Newton at 7, even. You go down to the 6,900 range, you get Matt Ryan at that price, home against Houston, and then, of course, Carson Palmer, only 6,800 against the Rams.
2: Yeah, it's, it's hard because I, I don't dislike peyton manning per se but i mean he has been a lot better since they started accommodating him a bit with the shotgun formation but when a when you have these two things alongside each other one being manning's complete lack of throwing velocity and two a gary kubiak run offense that can't run the ball that feels like it's just a zombie offense like something they could improve like they could just figure it out but at the same time it's like something about this is not sustainable if gary kubiak cannot run the ball gary can kubi gary kubiak does not have control right now so that's a little scary but maybe it's like he doesn't have control because manning's running the offense like he pretty much has with every single offense he's ever played in uh but yeah it's 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 at it's at denver at least Uh, so that, that should help a bit, but yeah, I don't know what exactly to think of the Minnesota defense at this point. Week one was embarrassing, but I thought their talent and their coaching implied that they could get better and perhaps get to the point that they're like a top eight kind of defense in the league too early to tell if that's the case, but it's, it's still just scary enough for me that I probably won't have any Peyton this week. I'd rather go down to cam at 7,000 Probably rather have Eli Manning at seven thousand, like at least it's similar to uh, the Broncos. I don't expect the Giants to run much. Certainly not against the Bills. So maybe you know garbage pass attempt volume at least for Eli Manning. That's how he got through last year. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean Cam and Matt Ryan at seven thousand and sixty nine hundred, six uh, nine hundred. Probably my favorites. Uh, Ryan's at home palmer i think is going to be a very he's he was already a trendy pick last week people really going after him heavy for cash games so far this year understandably he's got nine touchdowns in three games looks really good fitzgerald's unstoppable right now uh but yeah i'm a little bit worried about what might happen against that st louis pass rush so i I think i like matt ryan
1: a bit more in cam also i'm intrigued by the next four quarterbacks here though rivers at 6100 is home against the browns bradford's on the road against washington coming off a game but a tsunami attempts weren't there
2: there might be like a tsunami with the the washington game
1: bad weather concern yeah
2: there's like a hurricane something or other out there and like it looks like the it looks like the philadelphia washington game has a high chance of on ideal weather and i guess can't or postponement was even a consideration wow. so definitely something to check in on you know when
1: the weekend arrives and i guess the entire east coast is flattened well hope you guys uh, stay dry out there on the east coast uh, keep keep an eye on kevin roth on twitter of course the uh main weather guy for the fantasy industry i think at this point whether whether he likes it or not i
2: wonder if i wonder if all the other meteorologists hate him now because of all the uh you know the the, the too many ads thing they're like you're one of them you've you
1: ah i don't think you've so. deviated from the the meteorologist cloth well yeah i mean there aren't that many famous weather people so it's uh, is al roker a weather guy or is he just a famous i, I think he was at one point, famous egg seller a weather guy <laughs> couple other cheap quarterback options here. Andy Dalton, 5,900 home against the Chiefs. That looks pretty appealing. Tyrod Taylor, 5,800 home. Tyrod is probably who I got most of my action on
2: in this slate. Like I, Tyrod, Matt Ryan, uh, Cam Newton are my favorites, I think, but Tyrod 5,800. He's at home. The Giants don't seem to be good at anything in particular. Uh, you know, especially not on defense and with McCoy, if, if McCoy is out, I should say, I don't, i don't think carlos williams is going to get like 35 carries so i think that might turn into a few more passes for tyrod just maybe a few more runs more importantly like we we want to see him run more he's all he's doing is it's throwing for uh you know 400 or sorry 277 yards three touchdowns at miami last week two three touchdown passing games in a row but we only have one rushing touchdown so far this year um I, i guess i feel entitled to like 12 of those or something so i 5800 I, I love them in an offense that i think has usage up for grabs
1: going a little cheaper you get colin kaepernick horrible game nah. week in arizona 5500 you know dom capers isn't sleeping well this week i kaepernick did kill them the last couple
2: times they went against packers but i don't know i just i i can't
1: consider 49ers anything but a joke right now i just i just don't think green bay is going to have much trouble winning that Listeners out there want to know Derek Carr, 5,300, going up against the Bears. Can he keep things rolling? That is pretty interesting,
2: actually. Um,
1: I, I think
2: it's safe to say that the Bears' defense is truly terrible, at least in the secondary. Not just bad, terrible. Carr's got back-to-back 300-yard games, five touchdowns, and one interception in those two games. I mean, if assuming there's not some kind of like crazy,
1: windy weather or something in Chicago, I think that looks pretty promising for him. Let's move on to the running back position. Adrian Peterson topping the list. $7,800 going on the road to face Denver. You think about how good that Denver defense has been. Who wins this matchup? Can the Denver defense bottle up Peterson, keep him to 70, 80 yards on 20 carries, and force Teddy Bridgewater to beat them? I am not
2: optimistic about Peterson's chances of justifying that salary exactly, but I also don't think he's likely to be totally shut down. But i mean this is they are taking on wade and wade's house and the the passing game for minnesota hasn't been there at all so it is it easy it is easy to imagine you know the the broncos just selling out on the pass and just being like we don't care go ahead teddy and teddy just not really stepping up so i i wouldn't probably approach peterson just just due to his price and some of the alternatives that are available like i feel like jamal charles has been underpriced every week so far uh, especially last week and at 7600 going against the Bengals that's like no matter what the scenario with charles as long as he's not going against you know like 2000 ravens defense 2010 seahawks whatever 2012 whatever year it was yeah I hate, so when, I hate when that happens when you get the madden matchup where you go against the historically good defenses, <laughs> that's awful that's always unfortunate in dfs um but yeah uh charles no matter what if he's going against a team where the, the the chiefs need to throw the ball oh good he's like their leading receiver and he's good at it like if they're gonna run he will run it uh you know occasional niall davis vulture touchdown aside charles is just so Solid usage wise, and he's also an, an amazing player. He's so efficient with either catching the ball or running. So, love him at 7,600. And at, whereas I'm more like kind of low temperature, lukewarm on Peterson at that price.
1: Yeah, I think no, that makes sense, just given the way the Broncos are likely to scheme against that Minnesota offense. Charles, 7,600, does seem like a nice value. You move to the other top tier backs, Marshawn Lynch. Very much dinged up, 7,200. Could see him very limited in that Monday night game against the Lions if he is, in fact, active. I think there's just too much risk there at that price to even go near him. Matt Forte, 7,100 against Oakland. I mean, he is the whole offense right now, but with Jimmy Clausen being the potential quarterback here, depending on what happens with Cutler, since Cutler hasn't officially been ruled out, that could be disastrous, too. I mean, we saw what happened last week, and volume-wise, yeah, Forte is safe, but until that Bears offense can find a way to move the ball more consistently i think you have to be concerned about forte's opportunities to score in particular
2: yeah i mean it's it's 7100 he's he's definitely not the player just because of the matchup or whatever to you know totally kill your team if you pick him i think he's got about as high as a floor as anybody like even last week he uh he had 74 on 20 carries didn't catch a pass so he, he he that's basically a goose egg by his standards less than 10 points so there's there's a chance that he that he at least meets value there, but it's with all the other, you know, concerning variables in play, I just don't find myself
1: willing to take that risk, I don't think. Health permitting Arian Foster would be seven thousand matching up against a Falcons defense that got just torched, torched by the by the Cowboys offense. Joseph Randall leading the way in week three. If Foster is active, do you sneak him into your lineup at that seven K price tag?
2: I don't know I don't think so because I I worry about low usage in his first game I worry about re-injury I worry about limited effectiveness in his first game I don't trust Houston to handle this in a super rational manner because I mean it it seems like an aggressive timetable to me to be back in like week five with basically like a groin muscle tear Uh, I realize that the initial diagnosis prognosis that we heard of you know like eight to 12 weeks or whatever like that might have been a bit much however uh got like when you got like a you know competitive player like foster they're always going to want to play even if they shouldn't and i think bill o'brien might be getting just insecure enough as a coach that he's to the point where he'll let players play when they shouldn't too uh th- you know Houston's not getting any traction with him he has no idea what he's doing with that franchise anyway so if, if they just keep looking lifeless that that you worry about him getting sent out, so and I, I would imagine that he's aware of the possibility. Either way, I I'm not gonna if I'm gonna take an injured guy, it would definitely be
1: like Lacy at 6,900 in a game where I'm not worried about Green Bay scoring points. Yeah, Lacy and Charles, do you use them in tandem, or do you just make a couple lineups where you use Charles in some and Lacy in others? I'm probably looking at making like four or five lineups just for like the Millionaire Maker. I'll probably
2: just have one maybe two cash game specific lineups, but uh, for like Millionaire Maker, I I, I think i'll probably get one lineup with lacy in just because i thought he looked good monday against uh the chiefs i mean 4.6 per carry on 10 carries three catches for 41 yards it seems like they were limiting him not because he was like physically limited so much as it because they were just trying to be careful with him uh when you're on the road against san francisco i think the version of careful is more running the ball less Rodgers throwing it especially because i don't think the 49ers are going to put points on the board against the packers. So I yeah, I like Lacy's chances quite a bit. It's more just that Charles has a lot more upside. I think for only 500 more dollars or whatever. Um was it 500 or 700 more? Sorry, 700 more. And then it's like below uh below Eddie Lacy, I'd rather try my luck with probably in a cash game on, you know, uh Mark Ingram at 6000 at home going against Dallas maybe in maybe even Latavius I feel like I'm feel like I'm getting a little too high on Latavius just because of his past injury history and my the, the rule that you probably shouldn't trust the Raiders at any point but they gave him you know 41 carries the last two weeks he's beasting uh, the Bears defense if we expect it to give up yardage to Derek Carr it should also give up touchdown opportunities to Latavius Murray who's also active as a pass catcher in that offense but yeah Lacey, Lacey's more of a, a tournament guy for me than cash game in any case just because like we don't know if he's closer to 80 percent than 100 and if if the 49ers are as bad as I
1: seem to think they are that then, then they might not even need Lacey to win that yeah you might see a decent amount of Starks again the carries were there for Starks against the Chiefs he just didn't do a lot with them in that uh, rainy Monday night wow, matchup, CJ Anderson down to fifty nine hundred. He's cheap. And what changed like, in a month? If well, turf toe, I think, oh, is a huge yeah. I mean, part it's of his just, struggles. And that's like, wow, that, you're, that line. you not, not doing, doing well, buddy. Up. No, he's mm-hmm. he's struggling. And the thing about it is that they. I mean, Juwan Thompson has that neck injury, and then you've got Ronnie Hillman, who just isn't very good. I mean, like Ronnie Hillman to me. It, seem, it seems like he's even incapable of stepping in, unless the... He's he's like LeMichael James. He should be playing at Oregon, pretty much. I, like. I, unless they made changes to the offensive line, like the blocking, to open things up, I don't know, to the degree that Kubiak had the Ravens' offensive line ripping open big holes for guys like Justin Forsett, I don't think you could even rely on Hillman... If C.J. Anderson goes down at some point, Anderson at fifty nine hundred seems like a good tournament play because ownership will probably be pretty low and all it takes is a couple short TDs. You know, it might be 12 carries, 50 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns even at that price that could be worth it but i just worry about turf toe being an injury that could linger
2: turf toe is something that guys often just don't really get over until next year especially if you're like a running back who has job security issues like you're probably always trying to return one game sooner than you should one practice sooner than you should um so yeah i'm probably not going to go after anything denver this week except maybe like a tournament lineup with one of their receivers or peyton manning or something um but yeah right right below uh cj uh joseph randall is someone who i've kind of just you know taken for a joke because he kind of is a joke but after last week and uh maybe there was just something in uh the dallas water last sunday where Devontae freeman and joseph randall these two mediocre guys just go crazy who knows but three touchdowns i mean that's that's pretty impressive i don't think the saints are any good in offense so or on defense really so i can imagine i can imagine both mark ingram and joseph randall having solid games uh especially ingram since he gets more of the workload in new orleans than randall does in dallas but uh yeah 5500 for randall that's that's like borderline cash game price for me certainly got to get some tournaments in there uh, he's got untapped upside as a pass catcher i think lance dunbar's on pace for like 117 receptions this year which i don't think he'll do it so if uh if that pace can if that's actually like a 70 60 catch pace even that dunbar is more realistically on i can i can imagine some you know four or five catch games for randall uh coming up too so that that should help offset whatever carries he gives to you know mcfadden and
1: maybe eventually michael whatever got some questions about andre ellington 5400 home against the rams if he's able to play how many snaps how many touches i think that's a big question so he'd probably stay away there Devontae freeman coming up that big game against the cowboys home matchup against houston 5200 is the price what are you doing with Devontae freeman this week i'm tempted i uh i did not have any
2: of him last week which sucked um i did not have any of them last week and this week i mean when you when you're a clear favorite which i would imagine i would imagine what is it like five and a half at least for atlanta probably um i'm so bad at bringing these things up uh anyway houston houston run defense has been pretty good but you have you have to wonder like is it just will, will the houston offense be such a liability that atlanta sees you know substan- substantially greater Uh, or more favorable field position than they would against most teams and at home you can count on matt ryan getting them within scoring range and even if it's not a rushing touchdown for freeman he's busy enough as a pass catcher that offense doesn't really have an established second pass catcher behind julio that can be freeman if uh you know hankerson and and roddy white aren't doing anything which uh you know totally possible so freeman at 5200 is awfully awfully tempting that one that one thing about his toe injury in practice i guess is Worth checking into just to make sure it's not some kind of variation of turf toe, because that would be scary. Um, but if he's if he seems vaguely healthy and Coleman's out again, I I think that's a very very tempting
1: price there. Look at Gio Bernard five thousand dollars while Jeremy Hill I think it's still at like sixty five hundred. I mean home matchup for the Bengals against the Chiefs. Uh, what do you think about Bernard? Given that you get one point for every reception on DraftKings very
2: very tempting also uh i don't know what to expect from i don't know what i think either of kansas city as a defense they 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 have some very talented parts obviously um i think they can be very good it seems like cincinnati's offense might be like one of the very best in the league seems, though. Like, seems elite like they've got so, plenty yeah. of weapons and andy dalton's just not making a lot of mistakes right dalton's now. dalton's apparently just really good now <laughs> um, anyway uh so yeah if if, if bernard's bernard seems like kind of like the jamal charles light at this point where it's like if cincinnati's getting beaten he'll catch passes because he'll won't play if they're losing we know that and even if they're winning bernard's running probably had something to do with it like he he probably got his share of whatever you know payoff there was in the event that cincinnati wins easy so yeah five thousand that's a definite cash game play for me Um, i don't think i expect a ton of upside with
1: hill there and going against that defense but i think he does have a high floor i like melvin gordon a lot this week 4900 against the browns defense that i think is pretty soft we saw what latavius murray did in that matchup a week ago and you think about gordon as the guy that especially against cincinnati in week two looked pretty explosive danny woodhead i mean he's still going to have his his role catching passes you're not going to get a lot out of gordon as far as uh receptions but you think about him as like a, a more talented Alfred Morris type guy, role wise, not not skill wise in terms of how the Chargers could use him. Home, especially, I think they could put up plenty of points against that Browns defense. Forty nine hundred to me just seems like a great price. Woodhead, by the way, a forty six hundred. Uh, Frank Gore, forty seven hundred against the Jags. Colts being at home in that matchup. Maybe it's Matt Hasselbeck under center do you think about gore just for the volume because if if they have to go to the backup quarterback i would imagine the game plan changes significantly
2: yeah and that's a case though where i worry about the increase in volume not accounting for the decrease in efficiency because the touchdown opportunities will be fewer uh jacksonville will stack the box if matt Hasselbeck is playing i, I played gore a lot last week i don't think i will this week with with gordon 200 more with bernard 300 more i just don't see the point uh like you i think melvin gordon's a great play he's going to be very very highly owned i think this week for good reason uh just feels like he's due for that that kind of game that we think he's capable of uh he's looked pretty good so far this is you know some tough matchups and just the the acclimating to the nfl uh but i mean you're at home against cleveland josh mccown wants to make that that field nice and short for you so uh yeah gordon is a much better play than gore even uh even
1: accounting for price i think you got doug martin at 4400 home against the panthers tj yeldon on the road against the colts also 4400 potential I think I, volume I with both of those guys
2: i think i'll i think i might take a look at yeldon in a couple of my tournaments i'm not doing anything with martin i, th- I think the buccaneers are a train wreck i don't even think lovey smith makes it out of the year um but yeah that Doug, Doug Martin is losing carries to Charles Sims, who is just horrible, but Lovey Smith's handpicked running back of the future needs to do something. Um, and yeah, going against even without Keekley I, I think that's a bad matchup for the Tampa Bay offense, even at home. Uh, but yeah, Yeldon is kind of interesting on that, especially on that dome turf. If Hasselbeck's, you know, turning it over going three and out or so that, that this is seems like about as good of a chance as any for Yeldon to reliably um, have some kind of scoring opportunity, which
1: normally won't, you know, happen in that offense. All right, from the sub four thousand group of running backs, Carlos Williams will probably be the most owned running back oh, yeah. in the league this week. for Thirty four hundred dollars, sure. great price there. With LaShawn McCoy Got officially it. ruled out, but the other sub four thousand names that are intriguing: Alfred Blue, if. If we don't see Arian Foster active at 3,900 against that Falcons run defense, we talked about how weak they were. The concern you have, though, is that the Falcons offense could get up in this game and the Texans may simply have to abandon the run uh you also have Lance Dunbar again full point PPR 3600 it just seems like the Cowboys have really locked in on him as their pass catching back for the time being with, with Brandon Whedon at quarterback you're gonna have a lot of check downs
2: I like Dunbar I wish they would let him play actual running back because I think he'd be the best one they have at it um but they they have a rule apparently if you're five foot eight you can't play running back uh but he's on a he's on pick on pace, hashtag on pace for over a hundred catches this year. Even though he has two carries, that's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, he's he's tempting. But I, I don't think I'll go there. It just doesn't seem
1: sustainable. Hashtag on pace, brought to you probably by Pace Salsa somewhere. Not a pod though, so they should probably pay up. Uh, before i reference them again let's move on to the wide receiver position of course we're going to start at the top julio jones seems like he's fine and the, the toe issue he has is more at the top of his toe not the bottom so it doesn't sound like the origins of turf toe for him 9300 he is once again at the top of the list if he stays but healthy he's gonna have one of those like jerry rice seasons it's crazy what he's been able to do so far just the, the actual yeah, he's volume, just completely dominant player ninety three hundred i feel like i'm gonna pay up for him most places and because every of the single, those cheap backs you can do it
2: yeah every single team that goes against him you know like all practice all week they're like okay we just we won't even learn the other guys' names just julio jones we gotta we gotta stop him and the 12 catches
1: 13 nine catches there's there, he's completely unstoppable except for durability. I never want to fall prey to the recency bias and go after players that simply just went off the week before, but AJ Green is still cheap at 7600 matching up against the Chiefs. I mean, just a really favorable pass defense to go up against right now. I know they got an injury in the secondary too. They lost uh, one of the corners gains in that game too. Yeah, he's a
2: slot guy. I don't know how much Green would go against him. I'm a little, a little worried about him mar- uh, matching up with Sean Smith who's like a 6-4 corner. Uh usually a sean smith would suffer against the smaller guys he can't get a hold of but either way i mean green's good enough that he's not someone you you substantially worry about with matchup and at home yeah kansas city getting
1: ripped up by rogers is a, is a nice little appetizer i guess so looking at beckham at 9100 he's second to julio again in price do you like him against the bills i'm kind of leaning away from beckham thus far i haven't really built the lineup with him in it yet i like
2: him but i don't like him at that price like he would i don't think i'll be picking him at all i'd much rather pay 200 more for julio uh than as, as i said earlier i don't think new york's going to be able to run on buffalo so i think they'll have to throw it but the the new york passing game isn't working quite as well as it did last year and beckham hasn't been able to as a result show off you know the ridiculous production that he is capable of uh he's still doing totally fine it's just when you're over nine thousand, you kind of need that like you know, over thirty points one out of two times, whereas like Julio can get you to thirty like four out of five times. So uh yeah, Julio's Julio's definitely the better buy at just two hundred
1: more, I think. Look at Randall Cobb, seventy four hundred, not much of a price bump there. I would I would have expected him to cost at least eight thousand, but I don't think the Monday night game was priced into his week four price and i think a big part of that is he's still coming off that shoulder injury but he seems to be completely healthy at this point he's awesome just seems like it's worth going after him but again like how much do you care about players being among the most productive at their position the week before like to me it's just entirely random if if he's gonna have three or four great games over the course of the year and like 10 good ones and one or two duds the order in which those great games happen it's wildly unpredictable like we don't know week to week you know, if it's going to be one of those good games or one of those great ones, I just think that price. Until that price comes up, you have to think really hard about putting Randall Cobb in that lineup.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have some Cobb this week. I, I, like I said, I think he's awesome to begin with. But I also thought Monday's game was zero surprise. Like I, I don't think there's anything surprising about Randall Cobb at home. Devonte Adams and Eddie Lacy limited having a three touchdown game. Like that's that's just. That's actually like exactly what the projections push you towards. Um, so yeah, I I don't think they're going to give him three touchdown opportunities this week. But it's it's so easy to, for the number one receiver of Aaron Rodgers, one as talented as Cobb, moreover doing something you know like seven or eight catches for a hundred and a touchdown or two, pretty much regardless of the opponent. Uh, the only reason I probably won't have him in cash games is just because. I probably want to pay up for Julio in my cash games, and I'm gonna to need to go cheaper than seven thousand for my second
1: receiver. But I love Cobb, so I think I think he's just awesome. Moving down to the sub seven thousand dollar group, I mean Jordan Matthews, you mentioned the weather concerns in Philly. Maybe you stay away from him because of that now at sixty six hundred, but how about Larry Fitzgerald still sitting there at seventy five hundred and Mike Evans only sixty four hundred? I know the Bucks are dysfunctional. Evans got seventeen targets last week. And went over a hundred yards. See what, what's right three. below
2: Mike Evans too.
1: Yeah, Amari Cooper Oof. at sixty three hundred. Those three.
2: Man, I'm I'm gonna have to make. I might have to make a second cash game lineup with just those three receivers in a row. Uh, because that that's that's definitely tempting right there. Uh, Fitz, uh, generally does really well against those in division teams, especially the non Seattle ones. Uh, Carson Palmer's healthy. What else do you need to hear? He's still really good. Um, Evans against Carolina, I'm a little more worried about though. Um yeah, I probably won't take much of Evans actually just cuz uh James Winston doesn't seem to have much traction and again I think the the Buccaneers are just clowns at pretty much every level except offensive coordinator. I do like Dirk Cater, but I just I just don't think anything they're doing seems to make much sense. Uh Fitzgerald, Cooper, I think are both great cash game and tournament targets alike. Um yeah. Below that, I guess we're down into like that uh Jeremy Macklin, Allen Robinson territory. So alan robinson is confusing to me i was very very high on him before this year i think i still am um four (laughs) catches against four catches for 68 again at you know new england is not bad at all i'm just kind of that one catch 27 yard week one has me a little anxious but anyway if he can avoid Vontae Davis a few times, which I think he will because I thought Robinson ran out of the slot a lot. But uh, anyway,
1: playing in that dome, I, I do like Allen Robinson for GPPs at least. I don't hate Jeremy Macklin either at 5,800 because no. we talked about how good the Bengals' offense is. I assume they can move the ball and put up a lot of points against the Chiefs. And with that, you get a little extra volume. From Alex Smith, it's basically just Macklin and Kelsey and and dump offs to Charles. It's pretty much the whole offense as far as what they can do when throwing it. They don't really have second or third receivers that you worry about taking targets away. So Macklin at 5,800 with the full point PPR, I think, is worth a look. If you're trying to kind of steer away from everybody, Golden Tate at 5,300, eh, you know, the concern is it's against Seattle, but megatron probably gets a good amount of richard sherman they've got cam chancellor back i just wonder if that seattle defense is going to start to round into form here over the next few weeks
2: yeah i wouldn't go detroit anything this week um yeah just i i hate i hate the way that team looks right now i don't think i think they're very poorly coached on offense and i didn't think that'll change it's like stafford stafford is first of all playing terrible right now like he's hurt he's playing terrible still doesn't know how to play quarterback in the nfl still thinks he's just gonna like spin move his way out of all these really obvious incoming sack scenarios he's he's a mess that
1: team just sucks how about james jones at 5300 if you want some cheap exposure to the packers without paying up for aaron Rodgers, without paying up for eddie lacey without paying for randall cobb
2: (sighs) man i don't on the one hand, it's like I can't bring myself to buying into James Jones, but I can't give a good argument why anyone shouldn't. Um, especially seven catches for
1: one thirty nine and a touchdown. As soon as Adams went out of that game, it just it it vaulted <laughs> up the number of looks Jones was going to see. I, I I think in the season long context, maybe buying low on Adams if you can stash him away is still oh, a yeah. good idea because I think if he can get healthy, he's going to be that guy. Look back at Week One when Rodgers barely even threw it against the Bears. Adams is the guy he looked to the most even though Jones was getting red zone targets. So the, the run of James Jones being a possible like top 15 top 20 receiver is going to last a couple of weeks while Adams is banged up, but I think it's going to be a pretty hard crash once that once Adams is back.
2: Yeah, I think I would generally f- fade Jones for a few weeks because we also know that that a touchdown every 3 catches rate is not going to last unless he catches, you know, 20 passes this year or something.
1: Couple other cheap options moving down to the four thousand dollar range and below how about marvin jones at 3800 i mean the only concern i have there is that if eifert has a good game jones probably suffers it's just like the bengals offense has so many weapons it makes it really difficult to rely on the secondary guys week in and week out it just seems like 3800 is a good price to take that chance that is that is really cheap and tempting and i I think marvin jones is a pretty good player
2: it's just i don't know i i I am not to the point in my DFS career where I have so many lineups that I get down to, you know, Marvin Jones on the list generally. Um, Like, for instance i i would rather i would rather stay above the four thousand a little bit and just kind of like go after someone like crabtree or something if i was going for a little more under the radar because i think crabtree has both a pretty good floor and a high ceiling in that game like even though he's well behind amari cooper he still has 18 catches in three games and you know one touchdown in three games so ppr going against chicago i like crabtree cash or tournament variation either one but yeah, under that under that four thousand, it's just there's just like nothing there. Uh do we, do we like Ted Ginn as a they benched they just benched their starting corner in Tampa Bay for Tim Jennings, who's like thirty-three and five foot eight.
1: Um I don't know. Gin does have four catches two weeks in a row. Yeah. Know, you know. If I'm if I'm going ugly, cheap receiver, not like ugly in appearance I don't, I don't really i don't even care make about these that. judgment calls but uh cecil shorts 29 targets through three games he's getting some volume 16 catches six catches each of the last two weeks it uh, just seems like a guy that going up against the falcons where again the falcons offense may be able to put up a lot of points against the texans ryan mallett may have to go into throw it 58 times mode again just by natural volume i think shorts can do some damage and he does have some big playability he's shown that at times in jacksonville he can be a dangerous player after the catch i think if you want to go really cheap with a receiver spot or with the flex for a tournament purpose i think cecil shorts is one of those players i'm gravitating towards
2: he has been targeted a ton um i'm a a little worried about that being sustainable but i mean they they probably will need to throw as you said as for a very 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 cheap consideration 3100 is robert woods if watkins is out i mean woods has woods has nine catches in three games that sucks whatever but i don't
1: know if if you're you're down in that 3100 range maybe think about it sometimes you're just down in that 3100 range and it's all you can do you got to find something to plug in. isn't a
2: belal powell every week
1: no not every week but let's move on to the tight ends here no gronk which is oh i don't care the worst thing about the patriots being i don't even want to do the tight ends now just skip the tight ends this week I mean, there's little gronk Kelsey is still there, so and it's fifty three hundred it's not extremely cross prohibitive I mean, even Greg Olson at fifty four hundred is not bad, kind of falls into the well, he went off last week can he even can he do it again well, do we I, think or sorry i was
2: we, we thought Jimmy Graham would do okay last week do we think do we do we care do we trust Bavel to make
1: that too straight No, not when Travis Kelsey and Greg Olson are six and seven hundred dollars cheaper All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, I got distracted by that. Uh. How about Martellus Bennett against the Raiders? And if, if Jay Cutler plays especially, like if Cutler's healthy enough to go, Bennett at 4,500 against a team that cannot cover tight ends, I think is a really sneaky play.
2: Dude, if if, if uh, Alshon Jeffrey is out and Jay Cutler is in, I, man, even if... Even if color isn't in, I think I might need to go with a little Martellus in a tournament setting. Like he caught four passes last week. 15 yards doesn't do anything. But he caught four passes
1: in a game in Seattle where Jimmy Clausen was quarterback um i'm gonna backtrack on the sneaky though everyone knows the raiders can't cover tight ends so people are seeking out bennett i just i wouldn't do it if clausen is playing quarterback
2: yeah definitely um but yeah i love martellus as a talent so if 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 cutler's in and jeffrey is out he'll probably have a pretty steady presence in my cash game scenarios do you do you have any opinion on eric ebron as like a total desperate lottery ticket type thing says that seattle struggled with tight ends last year they're struggling this year they're not going to throw to the receivers in that game a whole lot.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Kind of a good, probably low-ownership tournament play. I think that's the way yeah, I would most, describe Eric yeah. Ebron. And, it's, uh, everything in general looks a little thinner this week. Yep. Uh, so, well, you get the London game also not being oh, in there. Oh, so right. No Dolphins, no Jets. So there's two fewer teams there. The two teams on by and then of course the Thursday game being off so that's why it's a little lighter than the first three uh Charles Clay at 3300 probably the last one I'm thinking about because we mentioned Sammy Watkins being out it probably helps Robert Woods but Charles Clay's volume seems pretty safe and the Giants have had some issues with tight ends here early this season
2: that's yeah that's definitely a good catch I was gonna ask have you seen him at all in Buffalo yet like does it does they seem to have a plan for him or is it kind of a little bit I've seen a, a, a I don't know maybe I mean, five catches for 82 yards and a touchdown last week a touchdown the week before that against the Patriots and four catches in week one seem to make clear like this guy's going to be pretty consistently featured so yeah i do like him quite a bit at especially at that price that's dirt cheap for a guy who could very very easily be the lead receiver um, on a team that's suddenly better at passing than any of us seem to expect, yeah, six for sixty in a score doesn't seem all that. Yeah, far forget Ebron, reach. just go with Clay. If you're not, if you're gonna take like Kelsey or something, I don't even. i I'm, I think I'm like all in on Clay now. If it's not Eifert or Kelsey or something like that, I'm
1: probably just gonna go with Clay. Might have to, given the receivers and some of the top backs. I was thinking about going after. May have to go a little cheaper at tight end this week. What do you do with your defense? Do you go Seattle home? I guess, to Detroit try. at 3,700? I'm gonna try to buy up for that Stafford and. Seattle. Seattle um I like the Broncos at home at 3300 against the Vikings though too
2: that's definitely good uh man there's yeah that top that top four there is all pretty tempting with Arizona and Carolina going
1: against the Buccaneers um yeah as far as like a bargain kind of defense if uh, if Clausen starts do you take a chance on the Raiders at 2600 I don't know um I don't know. Eagles, 2,700 going on the road against Kirk Cousins, what could be really rainy, poor conditions. I'll take that.
2: Yeah, if, if they're playing in a rainstorm, I would take like either defense in that game.
1: <laughs> going really ugly and, and channeling Nick Whalen, who hosts on Mondays and Wednesdays, Jags against the Colts if Andrew Luck doesn't play at 2,500. I
2: would not fault anyone for doing it. I probably won't just because I'm a little scared of. I don't think the Jaguars' defense is very talented aside from Telvin Smith, who's the best linebacker. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have the guts for that one. Especially when we can just go up to the Eagles or go,
1: you know, go up to the Eagles or Washington if it turns out the weather's pretty bad there. Even the thirty-three hundred for the Broncos really isn't that bad if you want to pay up for Denver at home against Minnesota. I just, I the Wade prices will seldom burn you. Uh, yeah, I love. Love, as, as we've documented a few times in the pod, love Wade Phillips leading that defense the right Phillips now. Wade Phillips podcast approves of the Broncos. At son of Bum on Twitter. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out ROTOWIRE for free for the next 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. Good luck in week four. We'll be back with you on Monday.